Miller. On today's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host Andy Oman, head groundskeeper of the McLean County Pony Baseball Conference. This is such a great episode because it's such a unique career and a unique story behind what has been a baseball complex that was transformed because of his love for sports and his love for his family. Because early on in this podcast, he discussed how his son actually played a game where a ball hopped over his head because of a bad hop, and that led to the understanding of how the field did not play safe. He wanted to make a better place for his family and his community, which led to him volunteering hours and led to a passion in sports turfing, where he has ventured out to find new and innovative ways that our industry has to maintain he also discusses different things about how in this path he found some great individuals who care for what the community needs were and how it can help create a better complex, a better place for kids to come and play. And it truly is amazing to hear how his knowledge and his passion grew with more opportunities and more individuals. He discusses the different people that have This episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 38th episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller. Today we have an incredible guest on today, um, Mr. Andy Amon, the head groundskeeper for the McLean County Pony Baseball Complex. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. And don't call me, sir. That makes me way too old. So <laughs> I, I am 26 and I have almost fully gray hair. If that makes you feel better, I feel old. That is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next um, step is this. <laughs> I'm pretty close. I've never had my hair this long before. So <laughs> I'm getting a little annoyed. So that is COVID like, hair. That yeah. is, yep. I took seven inches off of my beard. So it, <laughs> it's still too much. So um, great. You have an incredible story when it comes to your career in sports turf and sort of what has grown. Could you sort of explain how you came to this point in your career and how uh, your work at the complex has grown so much since you first started? Yeah, I'd love to. It's a, it's an interesting story. At least I think it is. So um, uh, my 26 year old son, so yes, I could be your father, um, was playing small baseball at the complex that you see behind me not that field, but one of the other fields. And um, 
we were playing in the championship baseball game uh, for that league that summer. And we were, uh, and I don't want to bore everybody, but we were up by two, we were up by one run. Other team had two runners on base, two outs, bottom of the last inning. Ground ball goes to my shortstop, who's the most routine guy. And I was coaching, most routine player on the face of the earth. He goes down to get the ball, and the ball jumps over his head. Two runs come in, and we lose the game on a bad hop. And I'm a football guy. So I'm like, I have never seen a field determine the end of a baseball game, much less a championship game. So I have 10 year olds crying. Um, I'm upset because it's just, you know, what do you say to them? And I, so I remember walking out on the infield and just going, this is just really, really bad. Um, they had just resotted. Now this is 18, 19 years ago. Um, and they had just resotted the field, had zero fertility, nothing. And there was gaps in the sod. There was a clump of glass here, grass here, a clump, clump of grass there, and so forth. So um, happened to um, think, well, my son's going to play fall league in a couple of weeks on this field. So I ran home and grabbed 100 feet or more of hose and hooked up my sprinkler and started watering the field. And I bought some Scott's fertilizer and threw it on the field. And somebody walked up and said, what are you doing? I said, this is terrible. I mean, this place is dangerous to play at. And he said, well, if you want to get, if you want to get involved, and I said, I'd love to, what, you know, what's it take? And I said, well, you know, we go mow the fields every once in a while, you know, just you need to talk to this guy and that guy. And I said, perfect. So stumbled in, uh, ran into the right people. And about a month later, I said, get out of my way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I truly did. Um, so they had, uh, we have a, uh, 110 foot by 60 foot Morton building that I brought in three 40 yard dumpsters and started throwing stuff away. I found 85 bags of fertilizer that had never been used. I had found all kinds of equipment, all the stuff. Um, still didn't know what I was doing, to be honest with you. So, but I thought, I don't want to coach. Um, and back to our thing, I don't necessarily believe in dads coaching their kids because they need to hear about it from someone else. So I wanted to get involved otherwise. I was also divorced, um, so I needed to be as involved with kids' sports as my kids' sports as I could. So, um, so I wanted to be around and in their face all the time, obviously. So, um, so I went to a, uh, a Turfus, uh, the company Turfus put on a seminar up in um, Chicago area, and I walked in, um, sat down, and this was kind of going to get to another question that you had on here about kind of people that had influenced me. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm sitting in this room in a collared shirt and khaki pants and fairly decent shoes and in walks 80, no, no parks and rec guys with sunglasses on that grease all over their t-shirts. And, uh, you know, just, and I was kind of like, I am in the wrong place. This, uh, I'm not sure this seminar is for me, but I'm going to stick it out because I paid for it. So I'm going to walk over. So I sat down, we got to lunch and I sat down at the table by myself because I was the only one there solo. And this guy sits down next to me and starts chatting with me. And as he stands up, he hands me his business card and says, I want to stay in touch with you because I like your story. I told him this story and he said, I can help you. And he goes, don't be afraid. And I looked down at his card and it was Larry DeVito of the Washington Nationals. And at the time, and I was like, I looked at him and he just smiled and he goes, that card's not going to anybody else in this room but you. He goes, I'm serious, call me. Sure enough, um, he and I stayed in touch um, and I can bounce any question off him at any time on text or whatever and he will answer me instantly. Um, and uh, he moved to Minnesota then, which is a lot closer to me because I'm in central Illinois. 
And I actually have a brother that lives in Minnesota. So I remember saying, hey, Larry, I'd like to come up and just kind of spend some time with you. So he's allowed me to come up and be on his grounds crew several times, um, actually actively on his grounds crew, which scared the crap out of me the first time. But, um, you know, the first time I showed up, uh, after a six and a half hour drive, I drove straight to the stadium. I walk in, he literally throws a shirt at me, says, put this on and throws a rake at me. I said, come on. I said, wait a minute, I'm not going out on the field. He said, no, yeah, you're coming out on the field. <laughs> I said, okay, uh, sure. What, what do I need to do? It's just act like you know what you're doing. So, um, so anyway, we, we fumbled around with it that. And, uh, and so Larry DeVito of the Minnesota twins is a great friend of mine. Um, truly a guy I can, I can bounce funny stories off of. I can uh, ask him dumb. There's no question that's too dumb. Um, and I think that's pretty cool in the sports turf industry, right? Um, I, 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 there's a neat camaraderie among everyone that, uh, you know, if I have a question, I could feel like I could ask you, Andrew. Uh, I feel like I could go to DeVito. I feel like I could go to, gosh, anybody, right? And just say, hey, I've got this situation. Uh, what should I do? So that's that's kind of a neat thing. So. So back to coming back from um, the, the conference and I walked out of my facility. I was like, you know, just kind of put my hands on my head and said, how do I even start? So um, I connected with, um, do you guys have FS turf um, or FS products in your area? It's an ag type thing. So, they're, so it's a huge they do a ton of lawn spraying and stuff, but they also get into ag business and right. natural gas and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, they kind of uh, took care of our facility occasionally. So I called the guy, he teaches classes at Illinois State University. And I said, can you meet me out there and tell me where do I even start? So, um, so we started then, um, gosh, then I went to a couple of years up trying to kind of do some things myself. I went to our board of directors and said, if you know, I still think this place is dangerous to play on. There's horrible lips. Um, my kid busted out a kid's teeth on a bad hop one time. And I said, Duh, we need to kind of change things, in my opinion. So can we think about doing a sports turf program or a grounds crew, I guess? Is, and they said, well, tell us what you think. So um, to make an extremely long hour and a half long story short, as we formed the grounds crew out at the Pony Baseball Complex to give high school and college kids some responsibility and some jobs and some pride. Um, and then we really started evolving the complex from there. So uh, probably a lot longer answer than you wanted, Andrew, but uh, that's, that's how it evolved. Oh, no, that is absolutely what we want to hear. And <laughs> I, I would love to hear how it sort of came to that. You know, when we're talking about say a, a, a youth complex, and like you said before, it's way bigger than that. Um, even like my hometown, it's GMBL, Grabenass's Baseball League. Ray is the groundskeeper. He's the one and only. There's barely anybody there. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love GMBL. Don't come after me. The fields right. aren't great. <laughs> you know, there isn't money to put into them. What was that experience sort of like? I guess, I guess convincing is the right term for it to the board yeah. and say, hey, we have to put money, we have to put effort, we have to put time and care into this. Let's do it. And how did you sort of get the yes, if that is the right way of saying it? Well, I almost got the no and almost got banned from the complex originally. So you won uh, the that, first so thing I talk about that. I did. So the first one, uh, the first thing I did was had um, hired a local company with a head, the Procore 1248 uh, machine. And I said, can you come aerate 
actually the field behind me with high school, college field. That's, can you aerate that and aerate it the right way? And I remember something Larry DeVito said to me, he said, how much, I said, you know, he said, make sure you aerate because at youth facilities, like aeration is the biggest thing. No, no. And I was like, okay, well, how much, you know, we rent a rolling aerator and he goes, oh gosh, you need something more than that. And I said, well, how much do I aerate? And he goes, here's my words of advice. And he said, aerate until you turn around and you're sick to your stomach because you think you ruined your field and then make one more pass. Isn't so, that great how that's yeah. practices that you do? You're like, <laughs> and then yeah. you turn around like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, so I did that to that field and they had an emergency board meeting to say, we don't know if we want this guy around. He's going to tear our facility apart. Who does he think he is? Um, and then I put about 800 pounds of seed on it. Um, and in about two weeks, he started a rose of seed coming in. And I said, just give me, just give me a chance, give me a chance, give me a chance. So long story short, that's how he got there, um, at least started. So I started to earn some trust. Um, I went out and I bought a real mower um, off of uh, an auction in Minnesota. I actually bought it by accident. I was kind of looking at this online turf grass uh, auction. And I was like, I wonder how you bid on things. And I kind of hit a button. So yeah, nobody's going to go to that. And all of a sudden it was sold to me. So I was like, well, I guess I own a real mower. Um, and so I bought a real mower, had to learn how to use those. And I would mow just the infields and a strip on the outfield, um, dirt with the real mower and the rest was rotary mowers. And everybody started to say, what's the difference in the grass? And I said, oh, you know, and I started to learn a lot by then, right? The clean cut, the, the health of the grass and I'm like, oh, wow, well, can't we do the rest of the fields that way? I said, not with my time. I mean, um, so convince them to buy a bigger mower, right? And, uh, and I've kind of earned the trust over time of the facility. And, I, and again, I do remember one, one board meeting sitting there thinking, um, and I said to them, I said, you guys tell me when to stop. Otherwise, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep going, right? So uh, I can turn this facility into something special. Uh, I've got the right people in place and all that stuff. And I said, if you, if you tell me, no, tell me, no, but I'm going to keep asking, right? So I'm going to keep asking for better mowers. I'm going to keep asking for better equipment, better programs and all that stuff. And if, if you don't aren't comfortable with it, ask me and tell me I'm, I'm a big boy. I can be told no. And, uh, so that's kind of the neat thing about our facility is we have, we spend all our money on the playing surfaces, um, or 99% of it. So, um, and it just drives me bananas to go to these places that spend all this money on the fans and the concession stand and the common grounds and the rose bushes and all this stuff. When you've got kids, athletes playing on a surface that's dangerous. So um, that's kind of been the mentality of our board of directors over the years. And, and that's what's really gotten me as far as I have. And that's that's incredible because a lot of stories uh, go the other way, you know, like, absolutely. You asked for that money. Yeah. Right. You're not getting any of that. Like you're not even getting a quarter of that. And it, it, it shocks me. Cause like you said, the fact that they're like, he's going to destroy our field just because you're aerating, you know, like, right. The little knowledge there is about sports turf in the sports world is astounding to me. You know, it's, it's crazy. Cause like you're talking about DeVito and everything, people show up at a major league baseball game everything's perfect it's already like that yeah. there's no one there doing it it's just we come and we play a game you know 
it's it's insane, especially at the youth level for for yeah. my experience and what I've seen. What you've been able to do is absolutely incredible. You know, it's 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 eye opening. It's a game changer that a lot of people should start thinking about, you know. Um, it's well, just, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I appreciate everything that you do because it's literally <laughs> it's a, it's criminal that people don't know about how to take care of fields in the sense of. Hey, you have, again, like you said, kids that are busting their lips open because of a lip and they don't want to spend the hundreds of dollars to fix that lip from. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the way I've approached a lot of things is safety first. Right. I mean, the the field behind me is gorgeous, right? It's a, it's a very, very pretty field, but that's a result of doing the right things. Um, I, I often tell people like, Oh, that facility looks so nice. I said, great. But how did it play? I, I don't care. I don't care if that grass is brown, but did it play right? So we host um, on the field behind me there. We host some pretty high-end um, college tryouts and and uh, college show events um, all over the Midwest. They come here um, and play. And the only other field that's even close to that is Illinois State University, which is all synthetic. So they come here for the natural grass and. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't care. I'm watching how the ball bounces. I'm watching how the players' cleats are digging in and all that stuff. And they're like, well, their stripes are really neat. I said, you know, they are, but, you know, uh, no, everybody was able to do their job. You know, I, they didn't lose the 10-year-old game with a bad hopper. They didn't lose a college scholarship because every shortstop got hit a great ball, right? You know, so um, – that's that's where it is and it's funny you say that about youth sports and just or just any ballpark and showing up we we're having new dugouts built all around our complex um again we we've been saving for 12 years and actually one of them started to fall down so finally we decided to bullet and and build dugouts because it it needed to safety and the masons were there and, and um finally the last day they were there for a week and and i was talking to them they're like wow, you guys put a lot of effort into this. That's about sitting on a mower. And they saw me fertilize. They saw me do a few things and uh, just kind of over lunch break. And again, because I, I, I do this as a volunteer and I do it as part-time. So, um, and I said, yeah, I said, it's pretty funny how everybody shows up at 5, 15 p.m. and it's just done. It's just magic, isn't it? <laughs> and they have no idea what's going on at any point in time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting and I can't think of it that way. Uh, it just frustrates me to some point, right? Absolutely, because I mean, like you said, when you want, if you're not afraid on your first day in a major league ballpark, I remember my first day at City Field, I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna pick something up wrong. This isn't gonna go." And I wasn't even doing anything important. I was just carrying oh, yeah. stuff and carrying bags of turf out for my boss to spread. I'm like, "Oh geez, here we go, here we go," you know. So, yep. and I, I love how you said you can't think of it like that anymore, just because you've been through it. So, um. Like you were saying, you do it on a volunteer slash part-time basis. Um, how has that sort of developed over time? Because, again, you started off and you said it's just trying to fix the problem that your kids are facing. Um, and, again, it, it's evolved over year and year. And you we've seen it on social media. I mean, I have since I was in college. Um, and – you've made it to the point where you won national field of the year for your, I think the field behind you, correct? Is that correct? Actually, no, um, that's that this field won the Illinois STMA award for field of the year. Um, I was actually trying to find the national field of the year award picture, but it's not, I, I guess I don't have it as a virtual background. But, um, <laughs> gotcha. So no, this one did win awards, but, no, um, for sure. but Illinois, but um, again, but sort of, that. 
sort of that growth to that point, you know, where now it's, yeah. it's just like clockwork for you. You know, you, you were talking about, you learned for the first time at this conference that you paid for, mm-hmm. and now you're here, you know, you are a full fledged sports turf manager. You know, everything that you need to know in order to maintain the field properly. And again, go above and beyond what is par for our youth athletics, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, it's pride. Um, you know, uh, again, being a, a college athlete, I, um, I miss sports. Um, I tore my ACL, MCL knee apart my um, beginning of my sophomore season playing football. So my football career ended. And now that I look back on it, it was because of a horrible field. I, I was making a cut and my knee just completely blew out. That's all. It slid, my foot slid out, my cleats didn't grab. Um, and my knee was gone on a Wednesday afternoon. It was the end of my football career, a very successful career, as a matter of fact. So, um, so I missed the sports world. So I figured I needed to get involved, but it really boils down to pride, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and just, you gotta do something you love. Um, if you don't, you're not going to put the effort into it. And, and being able to walk away from the facility or, or I'm actually in this picture behind me, I'm changing a light bulb and a light tower because I do that too. Uh, but to look down and say, wow, I, I did that. It's pretty sweet. Um, and I'm sure you did, you know, at the ballpark that you're at. You, when you walk in and the fans look at the field and you might hear a comment or like, how, you know, boy, the grass is green or, you know, how do they get the stripes in the grass and all that stuff? It's like, I, yeah, I did that, <laughs> you know, and it's, um, it's just an amazing feeling for me. Um, and, it, it, and, you know, I, again, I've worked for 29 years at State Farm Insurance. Uh, I'm probably not supposed to say their name, but I did. Um, and that's my, that's my full-time gig. That's where I get my money from. Uh, I only live a mile from this ballpark, so it's pretty easy to run out on lunch hours and do things and take some time off. And State Farm is an amazing company at giving us volunteer hours to go do things. Um, and then, you know, I instill in my grounds crew to have pride too. And I'll, I'll say to them, I said, if you don't want to work here and you don't want to put it in an effort, then don't. I, I want you to enjoy this. I want you to have fun. Uh, and I want you to turn around and look at what you did at the end of the day and, and be like, wow, that's pretty cool. So um, uh, my wife will probably have a different story and tell me that's a minor obsession, right? Um, and she has to constantly remind me, she's like, Andy, it's youth baseball. It's not on high definition TV. Walk away. <laughs> it's like, but, but, but. So I have, so I do have to throttle it back at times. This is high definition right behind you. That's all you got to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly <laughs> no and i love how you bring that up because again that's that's part of the reason why we've created this program you know is to is to mm-hmm. show that sort of sparkle of what the sports turf industry has to offer and not just sports turf i mean we do landscaping horticulture all these different things in the green industry you know um and having them be a part of something like, again, we won national field of the year a few years back, having them own, mm-hmm. you know, and have them have that as theirs, you know, and that's the whole reason we do it. You know? um, and it's, it's incredible to see the kids grow and have a passion for what we do. Um, one of the kids on here right now wants to work for his favorite team, the uh, Green Bay Packers. So again, uh, stuff like my that. boy, which one is it? I got, I give you my, I'm a huge Packer fan. Ethan so. Rice, he's the, he's right there. He's a big boy, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Illinois and a Packers fan. First, how how did that? I happen? know. 
it's a little dangerous in this neck of the woods. I was going to so, say, we um, want to like just go down a little bit and hide. <laughs> not, not anymore because this, the old Bears Packers rivalry doesn't even, my brother-in-law is an enormous Bears fan. So yeah. uh, it's pretty fun to say, what are you, I'm not even worried about the game. About? I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> just the field too, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, first thing he did, I, it wasn't three seconds after they announced Fields. He's like, how you feeling? I was like, fine. <laughs> worried? Not at all. No. Not at all. We're worried, worried about I'm the whole Gi- Rogers thing. I'm a Giants fan, and I'm like, Daniel Jones, woohoo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saquon like, was a big uh, one. That was one I freaked out about, but yeah, <laughs> Daniel yeah. Jones, woohoo, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Funny. Um, so with all that, um, where, ha- what is comprised in your facility? Um, has there been any big changes? Have you added a field? Um, and what type of turf grass are you growing and how has that sure. changed over the years? Um, you said it had just gotten sodded when it went in. Have you done any renovations since then? Anything like that? Just sort of a, yeah, down we down. haven't done, yeah, we haven't done anything like major except for one field and boy, I wish I could show you it. Um, it's our, uh, let me think, 6U um, T-ball field um, that sat underwater for two weeks and somewhere on my Twitter feed, you, you, you'll you be able to find it if you really boring. I remember it actually, I do. Go back. Yeah, so um, that field, we had a whole bunch of rain. Um, it's real close to my retention pond. It's uh, the lowest field to complex and water sat on it for two weeks. So I had no choice but to just kill it all uh, when it came back and uh, regraded it. Um, I do it totally different. That was six years ago. Um, do it totally different today. Uh, probably use a different kind of turf grass today. Uh, but it's come back and it's been amazing. And the interesting thing is we found out about 300 yards away uh, yeah, no, 200 yards away from that field is my shed um, where all my equipment sits. And right behind that is um, a daycare center that they built. And they, when they built it, they backfilled and backfilled a ditch that releases water out of my complex with about six inches. So we were just puzzled why water wasn't getting out of our complex. And we finally had to survey all the way back around a couple of buildings and we thought, all it was was that. So all we had to do was gouge out that ditch and we were able to get it off there. But um, we are 100% Kentucky bluegrass, um, throwing a little bit of rye here and there just to uh, to try to grow things fast for wear and tear areas. But uh, it's all Kentucky bluegrass. I've never killed anything off. Uh, when I got there, there was a huge mixture of, of tall fescue. Uh, our common areas are our tall fescue. Um, it, that had creeped into the fields, um, a whole bunch of crabgrass because nobody did a darn thing about it. So, um, you know, over the years, it's just uh, by by turning into fertility programs and regular fertilizations and um, and so forth, it is now turned into uh, pure bluegrass and a whole bunch of um, poa right now. <laughs> I, my poa is just so bad, and I keep saying, I "How am I going to say get how's how's the uh, poa pressure?" <laughs> it's awful. It's terrible, and there's not a. And again, it's one of those things. It's like, do I worry about it? I hate it because uh, it looks terrible. But I'm a youth baseball park. I'm not on yeah. national TV, you know. Yeah, so, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a complete blank. But I had another. Um, 
why can't I think of this guy's name, the sod father out of uh, Comiskey or Chicago White Sox? Um, oh, shoot. Uh, and it, uh, to, uh, I know it'll come to me. About. So his father was like one of the pioneers in turf grass management, right? And now oh, yeah. he is, and he's in a His son actually played on the field behind me. And so he came there and, uh, and watched the game. And we had a fun, long talk about POA. Um, it was pretty interesting. So again, another guy I can reach out to, I could tell he's like, text me anytime. He goes, I'm an open door. If you want to come up to a white Sox game, come up and help me and, and so forth. So uh, I have done that yet, but I need to, um, but yeah, Poe was bad. It's going to be there until I, unless I want to spend thousands of dollars Bossard. to get rid of it. And I just like Bossard. Yep. Roger Bossard. Right. Yep. That's who it was. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's driving me nuts. Drive too. Me crazy. I got to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I appreciate uh, that. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, and with sort of with the POA, I, I've I got a story to tell you. <laughs> so, um, my first day on the job when I was working for the Steelers, one of the fields uh, at our training camp for site, uh, St. Vincent, it's in uh, why is that name escaping me? We won't get into the names. Um, <laughs> it's an hour out of Pittsburgh. Um, but it was concert season at the time, and one of the fields had been taken over by Poa. Like, apparently, it was awful. The field was already gone by the time I got there, but it was really bad. So, we took the stadium field and moved it up to, to St. Vincent, and the third field was replaced. But one of them also had a really bad Poa thing. We took, I think, my, my co worker, well, my boss at the time, the assistant, his name was Andy. Uh, we took 700 plugs <laughs> throughout the entire field. So, oh my gosh, it's it was the longest day. I was like, I've never done so many plugs in one place at one time. Like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, I, uh, it's funny you say that because, yeah, I walked out to this field and right behind my ear, um, on the this side, there's a huge patch of it, and you won't be able to see it on this picture. But I walked out there with a hex plug cutter one time. Yeah, I might do a little bit. Of it. And I remember I, I started to stick it in the ground. And I kind of looked up and went, nope, <laughs> and turned around and walked away because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be here all day. Yes. And then I, you know, I play around. I, I got a backpack spray and tried to throw some tenacity on it and it just yellowed it. And, you know, it basically gave me the big middle finger and said, I'm coming back stronger even next year. So uh, I'm going to just <laughs> endorse it at this point in time. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pain in the butt, honestly. It is. Uh, whoever finds sure. the cure for it, it's going to oh, be a billionaire, you know? <laughs> they sure will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so with sort of the development, you're talking about how you've been able to acquire some machinery. What machinery do you have on site? And how does how has that sort of impacted your cultural practices um, sure. since you first started? Obviously, you had someone come out with an aerator. Do you have an aerator now? And are you able to? So, just if you could sort of speak to how that sort of developed over the years. Yeah. When I got there, we have a little 18 horse uh, Ford tractor that's from like 1976. And it had a bush hog pull behind PTO driven um, uh, mower on it. And they would just drive from fence to fence, right? Didn't matter if you were on a playing surface, off a playing surface, it went back and forth. So, and then we finally, uh, there were two old zero turns and, I, and I, I would kill to have pictures of these old things. It was kind of the first models of zero turn mowers that they had Dixon in a row. Um, and I said, well, why don't we 
think about mowing the two grasses at a different height. It might be kind of a neat look, right? So the common area is at three inches and the playing surface is at two because um, that's what we were mowing it at. And um, so we were doing that for a while and, and kind of on board and every once in a while some volunteer would go out there and scalp the rest of the complex. And so went back and forth. But then that real mower was really the, the first thing, that one that I accidentally bought um, was kind of the big first purchase. Um, and it ended up being tremendous for that. And um, I have now, uh, you know, proven to them. So I've got uh, now a Toro 3100 Sidewinder and I mow my three smallest fields with that one. And then I've got a Toro 5510 fairway mower, um, again, all bought used, um, that I mow my big fields with. So uh, the one behind me, I think I've double wide stripes. It's a hundred inch mower. So each one of those stripes is, you know, roughly 200 inches or 180 by the time you have overlap. But, um, and, uh, and those are our pride and joy. So um, I bought an original wide real mower um, and we started not, <laughs> I was, and we've all done it, right? So I was turning the corner to go back down the next street and I caught the reel on the fence and ripped the entire arm off the mower. Um, thank God I was by myself at the ballpark because it was not one of my finer moments of, of my career and what language came out of my mouth, but, um, and I couldn't Everybody find parts has for it. Everybody <laughs> has their day. I, so, I, I have been lucky enough to have a arm of a real mower not taken off by one of my students. Now I placed yeah. them. I placed them strategically, you know. Yeah. So, open fields for our beginners, and then my seniors. Yeah. Say, you know, you can get a little closer to the fence, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, this guy was turning around looking the other way, and I didn't turn hard enough, and our hundred snapped. So uh, it was hard to find parts. So then we started looking around and uh, found one with a couple thousand hours on it, decent price. So we paid the money for that, and then, um, and then we. Uh, after several years, eh, probably two or three years, um, our biggest and best purchase ever was a Procore 648. So it's the only, uh, it's the most we expensive piece of equipment I've ever bought. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, best thing ever. Um, so we've got the, the 648, bought it brand new, first piece of equipment we didn't buy, or, you know, that we didn't buy used. Um, board, finally, I was convinced how important aeration was. Um, and that thing is just, uh, it's just amazing. Um, and honestly, our board at the time would have approved me to probably get the, and mine's a walk behind, right? Uh, the board would have probably approved me to buy the double wide tractor mount, but I don't have a tractor that can run it. Um, they were like, whatever you want at the time. So, I, you know, so I was like, well, we'll get the walk behind because. <laughs> get two of those, one of those. Yeah. Toro, bring that well, in here. <laughs> the thing, the thing with it is, and it's funny because I talked to Devito about this, and I can put a 15-year-old on that 648, right? 100%. In, a, in a matter of, in a matter of 20 minutes of training, if that, right? But the other one I have to treat tractor speed and gearing of tractors and PTO and and all that stuff, and I was like, let's just get the walk behind, um, and uh, so it's been tremendous. So that's. That's our main thing. And then uh, utility vehicles, you know, we've got, uh, we have, we have four, uh, we have one Workman HD, which is a 1991 model. So I think it's one of the first years they ever came out with that thing's our beast. A um, couple deer gators that a local deer shop um, kind of donates, gives us a good deal on so they can advertise around the complex. Um, and there are common areas that we mow with VTRs, zero turns, uh, 60, 
260 inch zero motors. Um, and then we got our little tractor still that I hoping dies at some point in time, but, um, that'll be our next purchase <laughs> if I can you need to justify <laughs> buying a new one. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, no, buddy, I did not run it into the pond. I have so, no idea what you're talking about. Funny you say that because a buddy of mine that used to be old school and then he kind of came back, he's kind of mechanically inclined. So he's changing oil and he's like, man, there's hardly any oil in this tractor. And it looks like it hasn't been changed in 12 years. And I said, well, it probably hasn't. And that's probably true. I was hoping it would die. <laughs> and uh, of course, then he changes all the oil in it and the thing's running great. And I'm like, ugh. Sure. So uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for your help. Thanks for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, the other equipment, um, uh, we have the very basic airless um, line sprayer for our, uh, for paint. Um, I use world-class paint. I switched over to that just a few years ago. Um, either world-class or pioneer. I just happened to run into Greg at the SDMA conference and he handed me his card. So I ended up buying it from him. Um, I was, fumbling around with a local paint store that was giving Sherwin Williams. And I, I couldn't believe how horrible the paint was. Oh, I didn't realize it, right? It looked good going down and all that stuff, but every field, I got six fields um, and we paint both the foul lines and out of play lines because I don't have fences um, on our fields and except for one. And so we go through a lot of paint. And I remember talking to Tim Van Lu from Iowa State, right? Um, and I said, Tim, I'm having a horror. You've got the same kind of painters as I do. What's the, what's the problem? And I actually went to Iowa State and, and talked to him for a while. Uh, I'm a huge TCU fan. Uh, and uh, TCU is playing Iowa State. So, and Tim and I have become really good friends over the years. But he said, finally, we're looking at the machines and, and looking at his machines in his shop. And he said, he said uh, well, what kind of paint do you use? And I said, oh, sure. Well, he goes, there's your problem. And I kid you not, the next bucket I bought, it was not an issue at all. So, you know, I went to my board again. I said, hey, I could have cheaper paint. Uh, it's going to take me four times as long to paint lines. Uh, I don't have that kind of time. I'm a volunteer or I can buy more expensive paint that's going to run through the painter just fine. Um, so um, so we've convinced the board. So here, you know, again, behind us, I'm, I'm using Duredge Enfields, um, which is the best of the best, as you, in my opinion. Um, yes, you've got... Um, uh, world-class paint. Um, so we, we feel like we're given the best product as we can. Um, so. Absolutely. Is there any item that is like the top of your wish list that you think would be incredible to have? Maybe it's impossible to get, maybe it's not, maybe the board will listen to this and say, Hey, we need to get him that. Um, <laughs> is there one wow. thing that you would like more than anything else? Uh, boy, that boy, I, was that on my list of questions? I don't think it was. No, it was not. Prepared. I just thought it'd be uh, a good question, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, from a from a turf grass movement standpoint, I think we're in good shape. Um, you know, I worry about our used equipment. I worry about our our fifty five ten now has four thousand hours on it. It's a diesel, but it's so it's not too bad. But I just worry about stuff dying. Um, I'd take a new Workman in a heartbeat. Um, and, uh, but really kind of, it's, it's funny you say that. So, uh, the, if I won the lottery, the first thing I do on the field behind me is tear down the chain link backstop fence that we have. And I'd move the backstop in about 15 feet. It's 60 feet from plate to the backstop fence. So yeah, dead serious. So we have, yeah. So we have players scoring from second base on pass balls. 
terrible. It takes 10 minutes to get back there, you know? Jeez. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I don't know who laid out the. So, again, you have board members who are like, well, just move home plate back. I'm like, that's a little more than just moving a plate. <laughs> It'd be easier to move the fence in. So, um, when you ask, that's what I would do. I'd tear that fence out and I'd put in a new netted a tie back net system um and get rid of that so that's if i won the lottery but uh so it's it's funny you say this my brother uh he's a coach in the area and i help coach him and and with coaching comes me taking care of his field um (laughs) and uh he got a new job at a brand new high school which it's one of it's supposedly going to be one of the best in northern virginia um and they're trying. They're putting in a new field, and we're we're helping with the process, making sure everything down is down correctly, so we don't have to worry mm. about it later. And the one thing I said, I was like, make sure you get a net backstop because you're putting yep. in all these new high schools, and the chain link fence. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna last for 10, 20 years, but you can replace the net like that in two seconds, and you can make this really yeah. nice wall, like get a stone or something, whatever you want to do. That'll last yep. for forty years. And a net costs nothing compared to what the fence is going to cost when you have to replace it in like 20 years, you know? So yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on with that. In fact, and then the distance, right? I wouldn't go anything short of 45 feet or longer than 45 feet at the most. Yeah. Um, I was, I was catcher, pretty good friends. I was a catcher. In go ahead. So the shortest distance to the backstop is always the best. And I always <laughs> make sure that I blocked everything. Yeah. So I didn't have to run back and get it. Right. But that's a lot of work to go back there. Exactly. <laughs> I can fall down on my knees, you know, instead of having to run all the way and get it. So yeah. sorry to interrupt. Exactly. What were you going to say? Yeah. I, so we just, um, my, I've got a 10 year old, so I've got a 26 year old and a 24 year old, both on in Texas. That's why I'm a big TCU fan. They both went to TCU. Um, and then my wife and I, uh, well, she had previous marriage, a uh, 10-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. Um, so my 10-year-old plays at the complex now. My board of directors was thrilled when I got a, a 10-year-old going back through the system. Um, but he played this weekend at um, Louisville Slugger Park um, in Peoria, Illinois. And if you look it up, um, and it's all synthetic, which we don't like, right? Um, but we played through a downpour the other day, which I'm like, if I'm making money, at a facility, it makes sense, but their backstops were net from the ground up. They were all tieback netting, um, and they actually had, um, you know, a cable on the ground level um, on concrete, and there was zero obstruction between you and the and the field, and it was really cool. It, it, thought, oh boy! It's been a. Uh, I think I've seen it a few different places. The uh, even a couple MLB teams have. I don't think they've gone all the way, but some areas I have seen, I don't know which stadium. Oklahoma State, I think, the other day when I was on, uh, well, Oklahoma State was playing Texas on ESPN, and whatever field they were playing at, they had that, um, which was really neat. Dodger Stadium did for a while, but now it That's seems like they've I got a wall. Of. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Dodger Stadium was the one yeah. that had it, yeah. so. But I think they now have a wall for advertisements, probably. So <laughs> you can't, can't lose that extra few million dollars a year. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like exactly. a video board, you know, like on the ground, and you have to get the blimp to see it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got another funny story to tell you, and we're talking about advertisements. So let me go down this path. So you're talking about one of the biggest things that we did. When I got there, we had zero irrigation. Um, we had a quick connect on the sideline of each field. I didn't know that. Um, and that was it. And we just had an on off switch for a pump. 
Um, so I convinced the board to spend about thirty or forty thousand dollars, and I worked with an irrigation company, and they gave us a deal, and uh, we did foul territory and infield grass, and that was it. And uh, and it, it it made a world of difference. I mean, it's just amazing. But the difference between the infield and outfield then was was crazy. So um, I was climbing up a ladder, changing incandescent light bulbs off an old scoreboard, and I climbed back a car dealership sign that said Denison BMW. Doesn't mean anything to you, but Denison hadn't sold BMWs for 10 years. And this goes, this is a whole nother story, but our sponsor guy hadn't made him pay for anything. So I called our local BMW dealer and I said, hey, you guys wanna advertise BMWs because this is what I'm seeing. Um, they said, well, what are you talking about? So I sent them a picture and they said, well, yeah, we want our name there. We don't want Bob, Bob's across the street. You know, we don't want his name up there. We want our name up there. Um, so yeah, what, what's it cost? And, and they said, by the way, you need a new scoreboard. I was like, yeah, I mean, we do, but they're, you know, they're expensive. And he said, I tell you what, let me, let's, let me meet you at your complex. So, uh, he, Ben Lehman is his name. Rumors has he's worth about nine figures, um, owns crazy dollar figure yeah crazy dealerships throughout central illinois he shows up their marketing manager shows up and he goes yeah he goes we'll take care of it how many scoreboards do you have and we have four fields of scoreboards he goes all new scoreboards and all the fields i'll take care of it and he walked away so so we got all led scoreboards uh wireless remote all because i was changing a light bulb nice and i just asked the question yeah nice exactly yeah. So he turned, he turned I around and he walked. I think you need a pay raise on that one. Jeez. <laughs> so yep, as he's that. walking, <laughs> yeah, as he's walking off the field, he goes, I want to, he goes, the only thing I want in return is I want to do my, we have an annual softball game that's Chevy versus Chrysler. And he goes on a year end picnic in September. And I want to host it at the facility. I said, done. So we went all out. I mean, we, we did the whole bag between innings. We wet the field down before the game. We did, you know, we went all, and this, and this guy was blown away. So the, the head honcho, the billionaire was throwing pitches, softball pitches. And he can't, he's like, I, I can't, I, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate this on and on and on. He goes, what else can we do for you? I said, well, I said, our next biggest project, you know, is outfield irrigation. He goes, that's it. He goes, my best friend's Tri-County Irrigation guy down the road. And I said, well, yeah, that's it. And he goes, I'll take care of that for you. And I'm not kidding you. In March, nine trucks showed up and plowed through my outfields. And I, and yeah. We should so call him on the phone right now and just be like, hey, I know. We, we need to help other people out over here in Virginia, you know? <laughs> oh, you aren't kidding. I mean, just so they probably guess. Uh, roughly a hundred thousand dollars in donations and, and just with a single change of a light bulb. And that's, that's probably one of my best stories that I have out there is, is from that single phone call, getting all that done. And, and obviously getting, getting water to the outfields made an enormous difference uh, in, in what we could produce. So, um, I just, so yeah, it's fun, fun story. I love that story because yeah. in life, there are so many things that we don't think about and we don't, even like consider what happened during my day has that much of an impact and something where you're just doing your job and you're like, well, this person doesn't even exist anymore. Let's call someone else. Yeah. That all led to something that again was huge, not just for you, but yeah. for all the kids that play on the field, everyone who works there, everyone that play again, when you're talking about a community, you're, you're creating member. Dr. Goatley of Virginia tech said this to me and it is, it is sat with me for, for everything that I do. 
everything that you do as a sports turf, golf, whatever turf grass manager, you're making memories and you're mm-hmm. doing something for that kid who played second base and had the bad hop. You're preventing that. You're doing the different things uh, at a professional level where kids come and watch a game. You're providing that atmosphere, that field. You're creating memories for the pro baseball players. Working on the field during the World Series for me was my one of yeah. my biggest memories. You know, like, but at the same time, what we were doing was providing something that created that memory. You know, so yeah. and I, I think that that story is absolutely incredible. I, amen, brother. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and it's just it just boils down to ask the question, right? Um, never. You know how many people that hit me up on Twitter or. On it and say, hey, I don't know if I should ask you this. I'm like, ask away. I mean, you, you never know. I might go tell you to go fly a kite, but I also, which I won't do because of <laughs> my personality. I, yep. I know where I started, but ask the question. You know, I asked Larry DeVito if I could come up and be on the twins, uh, you know, just watch the grounds crew and here I'm on the field. Um, and next thing I know, he's calling me two weeks before the 2014 All Star game and says, hey, you want to be on my All Star grounds crew? And I was like, me? And sure enough, I spent a week up in Minnesota for the All-Star game and got to got to meet Derek Jeter on the field in the third inning. Um, you know, here I – so, you know, once – like your World Series against, I will never forget that. Complete lifetime experience, right? So – and and it's funny you say that because as you, as you can imagine how long your days were, our days were as well. Uh, Major League Baseball had the field from 9 to 3 every day, and then we had to do everything at night. So, um, you know, I remember standing in the outfield and I was helping make the logo um, that was that season uh, or that Burning game. And the uh, yeah, and yeah. it's just, it was like cool. But so the Derek Jeter story. So, uh, so they asked me right before the game, hey, do you want to change second base at, at between innings? And I was like, me? Uh, it, you know, I was like, you guys are the grounds crew, the main grounds crew. You guys do it. I mean, this is your, nah, we do it every game. Go for it. And I was like, okay. So, I remember running out of the dugout with the base in my hand going, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. There are 47,000 people here. And I'm running. I go right past first base, and, and Cabrera is standing there. That is a huge man. And the ball goes flying by my head. <laughs> and I thought, okay, don't run that path next time. But yeah, head on a swivel. So I go out and I pull second base out and I put the, the dug in and I'm standing on the infield grass waiting for the drag team to go by. And I'm just going, holy shit, breathe. Don't pass out. You know, just pay, pay attention and take this in because it's, it's the one time. So I'm sitting there and 10 feet away from me, I hear, boy, you look like you're having a lot of fun today because I must have had a huge smile on my face. And it was Derek Jeter. Swear to God. And I looked over and I uh, hi, Mr. Jeter. You know, I, mean, I didn't, but I was like, oh my gosh, you know, hey, you got a smile on your face too. What an honor to be out here with you, I think is what I said. And I kind of wish I would have said, hey, you want to go grab a beer after the game? But I didn't. Um, but anyway, and then somebody ran out with his hat and his glove because he was on base and, uh, and I ran back in, but I ran, you know, I was running back again, don't trip, don't fall over. And like, I got all these high fives from the guys. I'm like, you just talked to Jeter on the field. And I was like, yeah, I did. Wow. <laughs> it was just kind of one of those moments you just try to take in and, and just mind blowing just yeah. as like, you know, here I am. So. And, uh, and um, that's what's even more crazy. That was Jeter's last all-star game, right? It was his last inning. So swear to God, yeah, uh, I yeah. was the last person to talk to him on the field. So as I came off the field, uh, they brought his hat and glove and then they, they did the whole, um, 
swap out of players in front of everyone. So his, uh, did we just lose you? Uh, it's coming back. Sorry. <laughs> oh, there it is. No problem. Yeah, uh, so, I the so yeah, as I ran, <laughs> no, they said, you know, and, and ladies and gentlemen, so-and-so is coming in to replace Derek Jeter. So, you know, huge ovation. I was like, oh my God, I just talked to him as he ran off the last all-star game. So that's my claim to fame. Nobody knows who the hell I am, but that's all right. So <laughs> it's got to be on video that's somewhere. That's all it is, right? That's all it is. No, and, yeah. and it, those, those are, and I also think that's awesome. And that's why I think sports turf managers, especially guys in the MLB, knowing a bunch of those guys, that's what keeps them going, you know? Yeah. Moments like that. Like, obviously, they're not there to meet the players 24-7 whatnot. We work for them and whatnot, but – Moments like that are really, really cool, you know. They are. Um, and I was, I was a huge Mets fan growing up, and I still am a huge Mets fan. So there were times where I was like, "Okay, bring it back, bring it back." Mike Piazza yeah. walking by me, and saying, oh. I will. Who? I was like, my idol right there. Yeah. Gonna don't say anything. Um, <laughs> my funniest well, one. You, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say real quick at the All-Star game, you know, Mike Trout, I remember him, walked by all the ground screw guys and fist bumped all of us. And Jenny Finch, not that that was a bad thing, but Jenny Finch walked by and fist bumped all of us. You know, two just crazy famous people thanking us for our work on the field. So go ahead. What were, I'd no, like to absolutely. My, my funniest story, I think Ohio State was playing Penn State, which was really funny at the time. We were it was during the World Series, and what was funny about it was that Bill Deacon is a Penn State guy, head groundskeeper, mm-hmm. and then Matt Brown, who's now with the Pirates, he was the assistant. He was an Ohio State guy, so they, it was already like me against you and whatnot. And we were sitting in the 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 hole where the drags and everything are, and the the game's on. And these four guys come in, and they're like, "Hey, can we watch the game with you?" We're like, "Sure." And I have like a nice, easy conversation. Don't know who they are. Not nothing at all, you know, and I'm right. sitting here and I feel like everyone else knows who they are. Um, and uh, Ryan Woodley is sitting next to me. He's actually with the Brewers now as the head groundskeeper. And uh, 15 minutes just talking about like, we're, I'm from Virginia Tech, blah, 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 whatever. And they leave. And this kid that worked on the crew comes in. He's like, do you know who those guys were? I'm like, no. He's like, those are the New York Rangers. It was like Hendrick Lundquist and all the big names. On the oh, my God. When I'm like, and he's like a diehard oh. Rangers fan. He was a yeah. diehard Rangers fan. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know who they are. Like, if I were to, like, see right. and whatnot, like, I'm a sports fan, but I'm not a New York right. Rangers fan. And it was like, he, like, looked like he wanted to kill me a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah exactly that was, oh that's so that was cool the funny story from my world yeah. series also i've met a, a bunch of great people um yeah even, even like when i went from new york to uh, pittsburgh a lot of the coaches and some of the players recognized me from when i was in new york to pittsburgh when the mets came into pittsburgh so it was pretty cool to see that and whatnot so fun um yeah definitely um so I have family who are from the north side of chicago uh and i have been to chicago both in the winter and in the summer. And honestly, I think you might have it worse than us when it comes to weather, which we do is yeah. hard to beat because Northern Virginia is right in the middle of that transition zone where you hit both peaks really hard. Um, I think you guys, guys get a lot colder than we do usually. Um, and what is it that you're dealing with on an annual basis to make better um 
for the um sorry i'm losing my mind for the weather so you're dealing with the hot the heat stress in the summer and then you have to protect your fields during the winter and all that what is it that you're doing to focus on that yeah, I mean, the heat stress has been my biggest learning curve um, for me in the summer because we get crazy hot and humid. Um, and then, you know, we complain about the amount of wind we have, but then go through a period end of July to August where there's no wind. So at night, it's just, uh, you know, disease control and disease pressure is just insane for us. So that's, and I'm still learning today. And as you know, diseases evolve and change over time. So um, constantly with that. Um, from a winter standpoint, um, being a youth park, we don't do a whole lot. I just try to make sure that when we leave the ballpark from a playing standpoint, um, that it's game ready, right? We're all edged. Uh, the mounds are in the right shape. The batter's boxes are filled in. You know, we play 20 games a week on each field, um, six on Saturday, four on Sunday. So our weekends just get pounded and you can only, and we don't do grounds crew between games, right? So we'll have six games of right-hand batter's boxes. You can only imagine what that does. Um, but, you know, we do those kind of things and then just mow. Um, it's so funny because the board of directors are like, in, or even people are like, boy, I bet you're glad the season's done in like October. And I'll be like, well, it is, but the grass is still growing. <laughs> You know, it, the, tell the grass it's the season's over, please, because that'd be great, uh, and the weeds and and everything else. So, um, so there's there's not, uh, you know, we again being youth baseball, there's not pressure uh, on me, uh, which is beautiful about it. Just like today, you know, um, if I had six guys out at that complex today, we probably could have played baseball today, but I only had two. Um, so I was like, screw it. It's early in the year. We're not going to play baseball out there tonight. And uh, I can only imagine what my phone looks like when I pick it up right now. But uh, the sun's kind of been out this afternoon. It's been windy, but you've had two and a half inches of rain in, in two and a half days. So, um, you know, what do you do? I don't tarp. Um, I had one tarp out there and I cut it into little bitty pieces so I could never use it again um, because oh, I didn't man. want. Yeah, I did not want to I messed with it for half a season. Um, and, and learned really quickly that it was the worst thing you could possibly have. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, so laser grading, um, you know, we'll end up the year or we'll laser grade all our infields, um, so that in the spring it, uh, that's another big thing that we've brought into the complex that I have, you know, that's been done years. Um, gosh, I, you know, I could talk forever about it, but nothing major to, to go into winter. We just, See where it takes. I've mowed as late as, as December 23rd, um, and I've quit mowing as early as October 15th. Um, just depends on your fall. And I've I've mowed as early as mid February. And my target date is always the 15th of March. But I'll go out there and you know run a real mower over it. If I'm cutting grass, I'll start cutting grass because I want to wake it up as fast as I can. So um, and pretty cool because the dormant grass. It kind of looks like a desert golf course, right? Exactly. So you've got the green grass. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty yeah. fun early in the season. So yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I love how you just let it ride, you know. Especially, yeah. I mean, with with what you're dealing with and not having again the resources and whatnot. So I think that's awesome. Um, so we you sort of talked to it, and I and you sort of answered this question with all the different people you've met and made friends with and whatnot. Um, when did you become an STMA member? And how did that sort of shift everything? Yeah. In the sense of 
this is I, and again you might still say it's a hobby which you're far past a hobby just so you in my book you are thank um, you <laughs> with everything you do with everything that you do when did that sort of come into your head like hey maybe i should join this group and how has that sort of changed what you do uh and creating that network you know that is so big and yeah. some of the biggest names in the industry in that network alone you know that you spoke of yeah um yeah i'm trying to remember when fdma was in san diego and i think it was six that years ago was it six 16 yeah five years ago 2016 because that was my junior so that was that was my first STMA conference, and Larry DeVito is the one that told me to join STMA. And I was like, oh, well, you know, what is STMA? I don't get it. I, I don't understand what it is. Um, but I was like, okay, it sounds like just a bunch of grass guys that want to, you know, do some things. So um, my board of directors is great. And they and I keep referring to them because we're owned. We're not owned by the city. We're owned by a board of directors, right? So uh, that's who I kind of answer to. And I'm a director on the board, so it's kind of neat. I'm my own boss. Um, at times, but I, you know, they, they, they like to, uh, do some nice for me. So we had sent our business manager to the pony national conference for the pony organization. And I said, well, if he gets to go, why don't I get to go to a sports turf managers conference? It's in San Diego. And they, um, it was one of the few votes that wasn't unanimous, but they sent me out there and I showed up and I remember just being completely overwhelmed, 100% honestly. I had, I had no idea that many people cared about turf grass. And I just, uh, I'm a pretty outspoken guy and a, and a pretty big extrovert, but I just went into a shell there and I kept thinking, I don't know a soul here at all. Um, but I walked around, I saw the booths, I saw, saw the cool equipment, I sat in some classrooms, uh, they were talking, I sat in one uh, and there was some PhD guy talking about weeds and it was way the heck over my head. And I was like, I am understanding about every fourth word that he's saying right now. Um, and I said, I got a long way to go. I thought I was pretty good, but I suck. Um, so, I have a college uh, degree in it and it still goes over <laughs> my head. Okay. So oh you don't, God. you don't suck. There's a, so yeah, I, Dr. Sean Askew of Virginia tech is the most heard the name. Probably the smartest man I've ever met. And he literally knows every little detail of every single label of every single herbicide ever created known to man. He's worked with it. He's tested on it. Well, this does yeah. this and this, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, just tell me what to use and yeah. I will use it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And how much of that to use, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the funny story, and this is how I met Tim Van Lu. Um, it was the, so it was the day of the final night. And for, for a few people on the call haven't been to FDMA, the final night is a, is a great big formal presentation and it's bringing professionalism to turf grass management. And I, and I love that aspect of it, right? They think of, of us as, as just dumb guys who cut grass, right? And there's a lot more to it. And, the STMA is all about doing that. And when, and I felt that at that conference, right? I, I, you know, I wore slats and a collared shirt uh, for everything. And now when I go do consulting with people, I make sure I'm in a collared shirt um, and I'm in, you know, dressed nice. I don't, because that's respect, right? Um, so I was, but, but it was the day, uh, day of the final night and I read somewhere that you were supposed to be dressed up for it. And I was like, well, crap, all I have is golf shirts. Like seriously. So I took the afternoon off and I ran to a uh, uh, mace or somewhere and bought a button down collared shirt that night. 
and I just put it on and, and I was standing outside the, before you walk in and, and Tim Van Lewis, I didn't know who Tim was at the time. And I was standing there and, uh, and I was like, he's like, Hey, how, you know, how are you doing? I'm Tim and shook his hand and stuff. And I was like, hi, you know, I'm Andy. I said, I, I said, I hope, man, I, I said, I really underdressed because people are in suits and ties, right? And he goes, you're, you're fine. You're good. So we chatted for a half an hour over a beverage or two and um, then walked in. Um, and then he and I have stayed in touch. So the next one, the funny thing was, is the next one was in Florida. And and my uh, now wife, she's girlfriend at the time, went with me and she was laying by the pool and Tim's wife was laying by the pool. Um, and they started hitting it off, started drinking margaritas while we were learning about grass. And my, my, again, girlfriend at the time, wife now says, I met this really great lady at the pool. Her name's Amber Van Lu. And I was like, wait a minute, her husband. <laughs> so the four of us just instantly clicked and hit it off. So, um, but so yeah, STMA, the professionalism um, that really opened my eyes to it. And again, that the not afraid to ask a simple question, uh, not afraid to ask, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Um, and I just want people to understand that, um, you know, I'm just a little league guy uh, and I have high school coaches that are, that are afraid to talk. Don't, don't be afraid to talk to me. Talk to me, ask me. There's, you know, I, I had one yesterday at a high school. He sent me pictures here. He goes, what do I do? And I was like, we well, got to take a big sod cutter to it is what you need to do. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It just ask me the question because I've done it right. We've made the mistakes we've learned um, and you hate to see people make those same mistakes. So um yeah, so I've been part of STMA since then. Um, in 2018, I submitted that Field of the Year award. Uh, quite honestly, I was just kind of looking at the application and let me go through this and see what the process is like. And I said, I think I got a pretty good product. I looked at it the year before, uh, had no intentions of winning it, um, just kind of wanted to go through the process. And the next thing you know, the, you know, the STMA board called me and said I'd won. And I, it, was, um, it was a pretty emotional moment for me, to be honest with you, just... Uh, just thinking about where that ballpark had come from to where it is now is pretty, pretty awesome. So, um, and just, you, you don't, like you said, you don't get recognized for what you do, but that moment to stand in front of, what is there a thousand people in that room, Andrew, um, in, in front of your peers in front of major league baseball guys and NFL guys and, and receive that awards, just uh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So Absolutely. Uh, it's funny how you said there was no intention really behind it. Our, the reason that we actually ended up applying that year was that we used it as a lesson, you know, the, the way that it's set up and the way you have to take the test and you have to evaluate based on those things. I was like, this works perfectly just to put into a lesson in a class, you know, I'll have the kids go yep. out, we'll do all the different tests. We'll check everything throughout the season, throughout the year. Uh, we'll write out our nutrient management plan. We'll explain what we did, different things that we have changed, whatever. It was just perfect to put in like a classroom setting, you know? So that's great. We took everything and put it in different lessons throughout the year and we ended up submitting it and we ended up winning. And, and the kids were beyond themselves. The moment we found out sure. it was really funny and it was just great to see them sort of freak out in that moment. They were like, wait a second, what? This is yeah. real. We what? What? <laughs> so again, it's just great to see uh, with them and with everything that they've been able to accomplish in their time. And I mean, it's it's been a short yeah. time frame, so it's we're excited. Well, the funny thing of it's funny you say that because my board of directors is like, oh, good job. You know, they 
they didn't realize <laughs> what it was. So uh, I've always kind of laughed that I'm probably more famous on Twitter than I am on at my own complex, um, just because it's evolved over the years. And uh, uh, but they were like, okay, and I was like, I know, like really, I want to get a big banner for the outfield that says STMA Field of the Year, and we did put one up. And then they, it started dawning on them, right? It, it took them a while to kind of grasp what that meant. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah. So, you so you know, how many other field of the years were I was like, there was none. I mean, at my level, there you was, are I was it. The one. We were it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and it was, so that was pretty cool. Um, that was pretty fun. And Kim Heck, I think, called um, our president to get some information from him one time. And he's like, wow, this is like a real deal, this isn't is it? Legit. Said, yeah, it's like, a big deal. No, I didn't make <laughs> it up. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> Come on, so, guys. What are we doing here? You know, fun stuff. No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, again, with sort of the growth and sort of the development of everything from having a no crew, really no care for the fields, and where you're at now, do you have any future aspirations? Uh, you were sort of talking about the transition for what you're trying to become. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but if any, yeah, yeah, I'd be ha happy to. Um, so I. Um, with this, I get a lot of people that are asking, how can we make our ballpark like, like yours, right? So, and then they want free advice, uh, which I'm more than happy to do that. But it's, uh, and I'm terrible about saying no, and I'm terrible about asking people for money. But um, I was sitting at a uh, Toro demo day um, a few years ago and at a minor league stadium and this guy again a little lunch my lunch stories i like to eat so my lunch stories and uh guy sat down next to me and he said you know i'm ben i'm a golf course superintendent and this is my buddy alan who's a golf course superintendent you know what do you do and i said I take care of baseball he said you know oh my gosh we did this baseball field one time and we were heroes but on our golf courses you know, if the pin's not in the right position or the greens aren't stimping out at the right measurement or, uh, you know, all our members do is bitch and complain at us. But here we're heroes for spending half a day in this, this little league softball field or baseball field. And, and everybody thinks we're great. So, you know, we're kind of thinking about this little business. And I looked at him and said, we need to talk dead serious. So um, we have spun off um, a business um, and, uh, and, are, and want to get into sports turf management. There's not really a great company here in central Illinois. And I need to be careful about saying that because there are good companies, but there's nobody that specializes in sports turf management. They have to come from Chicago or St. Louis or, you know, wherever. Um, so we are slowly building up this company. We bought out a landscaper who had some golf courses. Um, and then with my background in baseball and stuff, we're starting to grow. And one of the golf course superintendents quit. Um, he's now full time with the company. We hired another golf course superintendent away from the industry. He's now full time. Um, I'm writing up my state farm career for another two and a half years, uh, just from benefits and financial standpoint. And then I'll be full time. But um, you know, we just uh, in the last two weeks became well. We're in the process of. I guess we're not officially edge uh, authorized installers. So we've got laser grade equipment and we've got all that stuff. And uh, you know, we believe in the product so well that that our goal is to be in professional sports or at least high end. Uh, you know, uh, renovation field renovations and so forth. So um, 
It's interesting because at STMA, they talk about the pyramid of influence, I think is what it's called. So Major League Baseball is kind of at the top or NFL, and then you go down and you're influenced by the people above you. Well, I'm at the bottom at a Rex and Parks and Rec League. So I'm trying to influence up, which is interesting. So, uh, you know, uh, Illinois State University um, two years ago called me because their mound was bad. Well, they didn't call me. They called um, the, the coach came from Purdue. Um, and he called his Purdue guys and said, our mound's a mess. Uh, what do we do? And the guys at Purdue go, well, you have Andy Amon there. Um, why don't you ask him? I mean, he's one of the, he's a good sports manager. Yeah, he's a little league guy. And they said, no, trust me, we met him at STMA conference, so use him. So, so then he, the, the coach tells me the story. So then the coach calls um, another major company um, out of St. Louis. And they said, well, don't you have a guy named Andy Amon right there? So my name came from three different sources. And so the coach finally called me and, and came out and he's like, all right, everybody keeps bringing up your name. What can you do for us? And this was, this was mid-March and you're talking about weather. And it was uh, beginning of March and their mound was a complete mush. They had thrown black stick on top of the mound and not packed it and left it for the winter. So it was four inches of complete mush. And I, and I, it, it was so bad. And I said, here's the deal. The only way I can guarantee you'll have a playable mound uh, by, I think it was March 15th, I said, you're going to have to put a tent over this. First of all, you're going to have to bring a skid steer out and tear this out. And you're going to have to put a tent over it and I will build it underneath a heated tent. So sure enough, they tore the mound out and they put up a huge 30 by 40 tent for me. And, I, and I've got great pictures of it on Twitter, I think. Um, but we built their game mound underneath um, a tent. Uh, so that's that's the kind of stuff we want to get into, right? And I built University of Illinois mound, and I I built came back and built Illinois State University's bullpens, and uh, you know it, it's interesting because the, all these places hire landscapers, and, and no detriment to landscapers, but they don't understand sports turf. So Illinois State University is a Division One college, uh, pretty good baseball program. Their home bullpen was throwing uphill three inches, uphill. They had hosted a regional championship. And I, so I went out there with a laser uh, thing and I, and I measured the game mound and I measured the visitor's bullpen. I went to the home bullpen and I read the stick and I was like, something's not right. And it was just kind of the way the lay of the land is. And so I moved the laser, I read it again, moved the laser again, I actually called a buddy of mine and said, you gotta come out and look at this. And yeah, they were throwing uphill three inches because they took the mound and made it 10 inches above the existing land and not 10 inches above home plate. So yeah, that's serious. Division one college. And you're just like, where is Did a pitcher say anything? Did anybody say like, this feels weird? <laughs> like I don't know. I, I said to on. the coach I said to the coach, I said, You can't tell me that every first pitch was high. I mean, it had to be over the head of every every batter. Um and he's like, you know, it's funny. He goes, I don't know, I have to think about that, but you know, the, the athletic, and so there, I'm standing there with the athletic director of a major university and all his staff and, uh, and the baseball coaches, and I, I have to prove to them this. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting, that whole aspect of it. But so, so our goal is to bring professionalism to that kind of thing. U of I is another long, long story about that um, deal. We built their, their 100% synthetic field for the mound. Um, uh, so we came in and we built, rebuilt their mound using black stick because they had used, um, um, oh my gosh, what's the name of the stuff that has the polymers in it? Um, 
it'll come to me, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's made for Arizona. Dug on it. Anyway, tore it out, um, put black stick in. Um, they tore that mound out and put an artificial mound in this last year, and they've lasted 11 games, and they now have to replace it again. That's what, Synthetic uh, mound. Uh, 11 games. That's, that's all lazy, it lasted. Lazy. And 11 games. Yeah. It's through you have high college D1 pitchers. They're going yeah. to tear it up. And that's just what people don't understand. It's maintenance, right? So, um, you know, and it's going to be interesting over the next few years with the synthetic fields going in, you know. So one of our local high schools here, pretty landlocked, put in a $3.5 million synthetic football field. They couldn't use it for the first two weeks because it was so hot. Um, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for synthetic, and I think there's not place for synthetic. But the I kept place, saying I went place to for synthetic are middle schools who can't afford to take care of their fields. Sorry. But even then, Andrew, you think about it, you could hire me for one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for the next fifteen to twenty years, that's exactly. and that's my salary and products, and you'd save money. Exactly. The math is simple. It's it's insane, and it. Uh, we had Brandon Harden on last week, and we got into the whole synthetic fighters. We got into the whole, like, why are we doing this? I gave him the whole, him and I were talking about how, well, there's this much between your kid's head and concrete. Like, yeah, uh, it's getting better. Uh, so the synthetic fields are getting better from they that are, standpoint. But I don't know about time, the heat. They're really yeah. not, you know, when you really, yeah. like, so our county has been putting synthetic fields in and they originally did not have the memory foam thing and the memory yeah. phone costs an extra four hundred thousand dollars it is less than an inch and i mm -hmm. can tear it in half without any issues yeah. like just it's that it's the uh sand and rubber in the turf and fill between yeah. that concrete slab and your again i yeah. i'm gonna stop before i go down that road <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the th one of the things that we've actually joked with or joked not so joked about though is is thinking about how to replace synthetic fields with natural gas again. So as a company, right? So as we grow our company, you make a killing, um, right? Because it's going to happen. Um, all these small schools that spend three million dollars on these fields, and then in eight to ten years, have to spend another eight hundred grand to replace it. Um, are going to say, we need to go back to natural grass. And I'm going to be like, hey, I know some guys that can do that for you. So um, it, it's just going to be an interesting next 10 years, I think, in the sports surf industry. Because you're, you're hearing it, right? Like women's soccer, professional soccer, refuses to play on synthetic, right? Um, Absolutely. The NFL and, within two years. And that's it, it killed me that the Panthers did it. I'm sitting here like... Uh, there are so many people right now talking about this and you have the gall to change it over right like, right before everything hits the fan and we're talking about people like minnesota where their stadiums were not built to grow grass right. and they're gonna have to like and again they won't come close to the cost of it by putting in a field every single week you know it's insane. The guys at University, uh, the guys at North Carolina, I Carrick, remember them talking Jason about Carrick, that. Yeah. Did you yeah. go to that seminar at STMA? I did. Yeah. Amazing that was incredible. Talk. It was incredible. Yeah. Him and Chad were phenomenal. And then they came yeah, in. They sure were. That guy who doesn't win. And, uh, yep, I'm not going to. Yeah. 
I don't want to get. No, nope, I'm on the. We're, we're gonna have, obviously, we're, we're all gonna on the have same Casey page. on at some. <laughs> we're gonna have Casey on at some point. Uh, so I don't want. That'd be great. I don't want to get in trouble with him before then. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure he feels uh, the same way. He just doesn't want to be vocal about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. It's it's just it's just going to be an interesting time for all of us. So my my future is to just uh, blow up this company and uh, you know start getting into um, higher end renovations. Uh, we just uh, we have a football field that we're just putting bids in right now that they're they want to complete tear out and redo of their an irrigation system. Uh, so my golf course guys, it's a beautiful blend, right? So I'm pretty, I think I'm really good with dirt. I, I do. And the turf grass is what I need to learn more of. And I am learning as I go, cause I don't have a degree in turf grass management, but the dirt, I, I feel like I'm pretty good with. So these guys are all grass guys. So, um, you know, it's just a great partnership between the two of us. So, absolutely, um, and they got yeah, the irrigation uh, from the golf courses. I will always say this. I, I plenty of sports turf managers have great experience with irrigation, but golf is a whole different animal when it comes to oh, irrigation. It is insane. It is. It's just it's it's amazing. So that's one of the one of the other things that I that I tell a lot of people do is become good friends with your golf guy. Go there, take him donuts. Um, you know, my local country club here is one of the higher end clubs in probably the state of Illinois. Um, and they got a new, they had a superintendent that was there for 35 or 40 years and just brought in a new guy. And the first thing I did was go up and introduce myself and say, Hey, I might know a little bit about turf grass. And he kind of rolled his eyes at me. And the next thing you know, we're drinking beers together. And he's like, well, you really do kind of know some stuff about it. And, you know, so if, if I need to borrow equipment from him or he, you know, he'll borrow my 648 to do greens. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to borrow his 648. So I had two of those things going on my outfield so I could get them done. You know, that field behind me takes six hours to do with a 648. Um, but I had two of them going. So we had two kids going and, and knocked it out in half the time. So beautiful relationship there. Right. So, yeah, uh, neat, neat industry for sure. And, and then he's like, he's next level too. You know, he just laughs at me sometimes like, come out and look at my grass. He's like, dude, it's youth baseball. This is amazing. It's like I know, but he's like so. He talks me off the cliff a few times. <laughs> but even down you, the late, you're, yeah. you're up here, and then everyone's standards. And again, nothing against anyone. It's just down here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. And again, it just from the picture, it's incredible. You know, like yeah, you are above and beyond anyone around the the country. And no offense again to our sports surf managers at those levels. It's just. I mean, you put Dura Edge in, you did all these things that are just, again, you don't see happening at those levels, you know, even at the high school level. I've been wanting and oh, begging man. and pleading for Dura Edge for so long, and it's just not going to happen. So, like, well, you, you know, what's kind of fun is we got statistics to back it up now at our complex. So before Dura Edge, we, we schedule our whole season out from day one to day five, and we, have, we don't have rain outs and makeup games. We just, if they don't play, they don't play. Uh, we went from playing, I think it was 78% of our games. We play about 1,200 baseball games at our complex. We played 78% of games before Dura Edge. We're now at about 83, 84%. So the amount of revenue that that brings in through our concession stand uh, and all that stuff uh, proves it, right? So there's, but, but when I said I wanted that first $2,500 load of dirt and they're like dirt for 2,500 bucks, uh, what's it going to do for us? And we did one small field and that field played more days than any other field. And so they bought in, but it's just having to prove things. 
Yeah. I mean, twenty five hundred dollars. I need to find your distributor. You know. Well, <laughs> well you said yeah. small field, so it kind of made sense. I was like, it, it, was. Yeah. it was only twenty five times, so <laughs> yeah, it was no, an amendment. Got so got you, got yeah. you, got you. You know, for sure. Um, with sort of again STMA and whatnot. Have there been like other than Devito and other? Have there been those guys that have had that impact? And again, what you're doing and your plan is incredible. And it, it, you're gonna bring so much attention to the fact that those those little things that you can do, you know, like yeah. aerating. You were talking about at the beginning. Aerating will do so much for your field. For those that are thinking about going artificial, will not just aerate. Once or twice, right. you know, you haven't yeah. aerated in seven years and you're complaining about how you feel is not playing well. It's because you haven't done anything, you know? Right. Little your things that you're, out, yeah. Exactly. One, little things that your company is going to bring around, you know, and show Illinois, this is what needs to be done. Um, how have you sort of seen all of that sort of come to this point where you are creating this business and, who will, again, if you're trying to get to that level where you could be working with Bossard one day, you know, in Illinois yeah. for the White Sox, where do you see that? Um, and who do you think has had an impact along the way to this point? Oh, boy. Um, that's just a great question. Um, you know, from a, from a proving what we can do or what it takes is, uh, is really kind of always been my motto. And, you know, even when I played football, I wasn't a big rah-rah guy. I let myself speak for itself on the field and, and stuff. And uh, people actually kind of got upset at me because I wasn't the guy that was screaming, yelling before a game, but, you know, I just played the game. But uh, um, so, for example, across the street from my complex is a soccer complex, um, and it's horrible. Um, and they have just purchased um, 100 acres of land and are going to rebuild the soccer complex because it's actually on airport property. There's an airport just over my head. Uh, believe it or not, there and uh, the soccer complex is on airport property, and they're worried about it being too close to a runway. It's pretty cool uh, when planes land, but then the, the whole soccer complex comes to a stop as a plane comes in because it's you know youth kid. Yeah, oh yeah, goalies are spinning around surfing the you know so. But um, so I was like, yeah, here's a chance for me to prove to people what we can do. So I called the company, I called the soccer complex, and said, and my 12 year old daughter played soccer as well, so that helped. Um, but I said, hey, when you guys build your new facility, because they were talking about a whole bunch of synthetic fields, I said, let's talk first. And so I kind of got the, the ear of one guy and they've got 20 fields across the street. And I said, give me one field. Let me do just a couple things to it and show you what a difference it can make. And right now, if you were to walk in that complex and I would and I would not point out which which of the 20 fields it was you within five minutes could, could see that's the field. And all I've done is aerate it, th run around the fertilizer on it, um, and mow it. That's all I've done. And otherwise, they, again, back to my complex, they mowed from fence to fence. Uh, they mowed it once a week, regardless of how fast it was growing. They never put food on it. Um, they had rolling aerators that they just, you know, pulled a core every eight inches, six inches apart, eight inches apart, and thought they had aerated it. And I brought my 648 over and pulled cores out of that field, uh, put a fall fertilizer application on it. I did put a spring one on, so that's too, too light. I mean, gosh, Andrew, it was, I don't even think it was half a pound to end at all that, that went down, but man, what a difference did it make? And so starting to see, hey, 
you know, maybe we can do, you know, regular grass fields. Um, and I said, if you want to host a practice on that outfield behind me, come over. I, well, we'll tear it up. I said, no, you won't. I said, my grass is strong. I said, it can handle soccer practice. You know, maybe not every single day. I'm not going to have you out there, but come play on it and see what you think. And if that's what you want your new facility to be, do it. So, um, you know, that's kind of the things that's where I've gotten like demonstrating what a real mower can do and demonstrating what aeration can do and all that stuff is, is what I've been. But man, the thing, I just, I still go back to Larry DeVito and, and just what an amazing guy he's been to me and Tim Van Lu too. Um, just the most down and, and you and all the guys at STM eight, how down to earth everyone is. And, and, uh, again, if you don't like what you do, I think all of us love what we do. Uh, but if you don't, then get out of it. Um, I think of, um, uh, gosh, the guy that was with the Cubs, Justin, um, Spillman. he sat with me. Yes. Justin Spillman. He sat with me that day I got the award. Uh, you know, he, he lost his passion for it. So he got out. Um, now I don't know if he was forced out or know what, but, uh, you know, great guy, but I could tell he kind of lost uh, that edge. Soccer. They wanted to add soccer yeah. to the facility. He was not gonna. Yeah. Well, and they had seven, what, seventeen or seventeen concerts. Yeah. Um, he had to resod his outfield Probably seven times. Their concerts. Uh, yeah, because a concert at Wrigley is so cool. Uh, I've yet to be the one, but I think I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool I think idea. It's but more Wrigleyville is the deal, you yeah. know? Like it's yeah. Wrigleyville's kind of screwing that over, you know? Like hey. Look at all the space we got. Might as well have a concert. Yeah. Of it, you know, which yeah. Wrigleyville is incredible. And my mom's a huge Cubs fan. So again, like more to them, you know. <laughs> yeah. My wife's a huge Cubs fan too. I, we're back. In fact, we're going to rooftop here in a couple of weeks to go to a nice. rooftop game. So that'd be pretty Very fun. Nice. But so anyway, but you know, uh, Justin and I were good friends again, wouldn't be afraid to bounce. I went to a couple of games up there with him. Uh, just, um, just at, so, so your answer is STMA as a whole. To be honest with you, just it's just neat to see um, people that work their tails off. And I often get asked, "Do you want to be at a major league level um, or college level?" And my answer is always no, because then I have to do it. <laughs> right now, I'm a volunteer. Right, I, I can show up to the park if I want to. I don't, I don't have to. But um, uh, a good friend of mine. Um, well, Andrew down at TCU now, before him, the guy was David Yarbrough, and he had been at TCU for 20-plus years, and um, Andrew kind of came in and took over him, but I got to meet David, and David and I are, are very good friends now. Old, little old guy, kind of crotchety, um, you know, old guy, and um, I just remember him saying to me one day, he's like, it's February, and I just got a call from Patterson, the head coach at TCU, and he wants the football field painted by Saturday morning and it's Wednesday afternoon. And, I, and, I, and he's like, and he's like, why? And he said, because I have three recruits coming in. So he's going to take his, you know, how many guys does it take? 10 guys, eight guys to paint TCU's football field in game ready, except for maybe the media lines and some of the stuff like that for recruits coming in. And it, it, just that kind of pressure I don't know how I do with that. Recruits that don't go there in the end. (laughs) We've done that before. I, when I worked on the grad grid tech, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's crazy. You know what they do in college level. 
It is, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and again, just because, and Tim, it was interesting, Tim at Iowa State, he, he and the football coach had an amazing relationship and he stayed off the stadium field as much as possible. And they had an amazing practice facility. Andrew down at TCU has an amazing practice facility, but Gary Patterson insists on practicing on the game field, uh, especially on Sundays after a game. So they'll play Saturdays and he comes back Sundays and practices on the field. And, you know, Andrew's like, he just so that's the dynamic that I just I'm like I don't know I don't know how I do with that. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, when when I was at Tech, I was actually a part of that whole transition from. I mean, Frank Beamer is Frank Beamer. It's been Frank Beamer's show for almost thirty years, and uh, my boss Casey, uh, who we've had on, he was there for I think he was eighteen years at the time when he came when. Uh, Justin Fuente came in, TCU boy. Um, yeah. Uh, and we were all like, hmm, we're wondering how this is going to go. He's coming from Memphis. They had artificial turf. We really do not want to go there. Um, and it was sort of this like give and take, like, what are you thinking? What are we doing? Like, because it was just this consistent thing all the time. The expectations of Frank were walk through get it done when you can. I'm not going to make it too crazy for you. Um, and we had a really good relationship with his AD, John Boleyn, who uh, he's an incredible man. And me as a student at the time, he, again, whenever he needed anything, I was always there. And he, he I was always his call for whatever it was at the time. Um, or again, little things, not anything important. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, again, that was there. And, this whole new wave came in, but who Casey is as a man, like as a groundskeeper and as a manager of a crew, it's always, yes. Right. He doesn't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. And I love him to death, but there are times where I'm like, Casey, just say no. <laughs> you got to push back. You got to no, push back. It's just not, pushing back the right way. Yeah. Not, not from Casey. There's no pushback, which yeah. I remember one yeah. time we had to, uh, we had a game and we had to set up for uh, Buzz Williams, basketball banquet after a game for the next after a football game so it was already like a really long day and it was like no just say no we'll do it tomorrow morning you know? yeah like no one's showing up until like later like we can do it in the morning but yeah, yeah there was some warmer and again that's just who it is and that's yeah. what, what we do you know um and yeah it, it, it's a lot of fun and like you said you had to have a love for it and it, it's just something that's it's just a blast when you're in it you know and, uh, it is. It sure is. And again, and I think like with you were talking about Spillman, I think that's really important to understand is because there are times where that happens, you know. Um, don't get me wrong. I loved working in the MLB and I had planned on going back and in some capacity to the major league level, whether it's football or baseball before I started this. Uh, and again, this was on a whim. I didn't know this was happening. I was sort of forced right. into it, but I, I love it. And I, I love my kids and they're the best. So it's been a blast. Um, but only, you can only go so many years, you know, before yep. you start feeling it, you know, and whether it's switching to a different stadium, whether it's just move along that or it's something where you need to get out, you know, it's totally understandable. And it's, it's definitely uh, a, a passionate, industry and i love how you were talking about how it's it's a um down-to-earth group of guys you know because we're all here to help mm -hmm. each other out and that's very rare i think in a lot of industries oh uh, 
because most of it's competitive, right? I'm going to, I mean, we're competitive because I want my field to look better than yours and all that stuff, right? But it's competitive on a friendly, yeah, on a friendly note. It's not, uh, and you're not like, you know, angry competitive. It's like, hey, look what I did. And then you would say, yeah, how did you do that? Is you different? Or, or I would say the same thing to you. And, and you would be like, you'd be happy to share that instead of, instead of hiding your secret sauce. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 no, I hear yeah. Brandon, Brandon last week said he had a secret sauce. I was like, Oh, we're going to talk later. I, just, <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell anybody we're going to have to talk later. Um, so we sort of wrap the podcast up with these two questions. And the, this one, I'm very interested to ask you because of how you started off. If there was anything that you could know when you first started taking care of your fields, what would that be? Uh, maybe it's not to make it easier or better. Just what would you want to know going in? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Boy, I, you know, um, I think it's, I think it's the difference between sports turf and lawn care. Right. So, I mean, I literally said, uh, my front yard's pretty green, so how can it be different than that? I, I do the Scott's four-step program on my grass, and my front yard looks really good, and it shouldn't be any different than that. So um, I think that's the biggest thing that I learned. Um, and I made, a, gosh, the number of mistakes I made trying things over the years uh, is astronomical. Um, but um, I think that's the biggest thing is just realizing that uh, it's a whole different animal. Um, and that's just, and again, it's, it's getting the people getting hired to do these high school and, and college fields. It's a landscape we're coming. It's a low bid process and it's just, it's beyond frustrating, but you get, you get what it gets. So how do you get over that hump? But, um, I would say that's probably it. I would, you know, uh, hindsight's 2020. I have a business degree. Um, uh, I've been 29 years at the same company. You want to talk about burnout. I'm kind of there. Um, uh, love, love the company I work for. They've, they've been nothing but amazing to me. Um, uh, but I'm there and, but I kind of wish I had that turf grass management background. So, you know, uh, I've, I'm, I'm sitting on my desk here. I got three, three sports turf books that are right here that I'm still trying to learn and get better at. Cause I don't, you know, uh, I don't know it quite as, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yep. We exactly. haven't gotten so. this one. John Kaminsky. Uh, I can't, you can't see my, because uh, of my background, but uh, Is that interesting. That I'll, have to, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. With it. It's the first edition, uh, him and uh, Turgeon, they wrote a, it's incredible. I use it for my class all the time. Um, golf. I've got the sports wise. field and construction and maintenance one. Is that the that, Goatly uh, one? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the staple of the sports turf yeah, side. So, it yeah, is. I love yeah. that man. Um, he he's my I call you know and text whenever I need to you know. Oh, very. And cool. I was lucky enough to have him in my in class. So, um, so definitely, yeah. Um, the last thing we ask, um, and it's really prevalent now. We're two weeks out from graduation date uh, for our seniors. Um, what would be your word of advice for kids that are entering the world, whether that's going to college, whether that's going into an industry, not specifically turf grass or anything, um, just sort of entering the world for the first time on their own. Uh, what would you uh, say to them and why? Yeah, okay. So I've got a 24 year old and 26 year old. So I've just went through this. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, I've always, I've always told 
my sons to uh, integrity is everything. Um, trust is everything. So um, people, if they trust you, they will respect you. And you go back to me aerating a field. They didn't trust me, so they didn't respect me. And then I proved to them that it was wrong, but it took a while to get that trust. So trust, integrity. And, uh, and my dad always told to me, he's always said, it's very simple. Good things happen to good people. So just be a good person. Um, I've made mistakes. I've yelled at people on the ball field for doing stupid things I've, that I wish I wouldn't have done. I had, a, I had an adult that was kind of supervising my grounds crew one time and I showed up and I wasn't happy with something that was done. And I, and I screamed at him up and down and I lost a very good friend uh, because of that. And that day was 12 years ago and it still haunts me. Uh, I've apologized to him number of times, but we'll never have the same friendship. So, um, and I don't know if you went to the, um, we all are so passionate about what we do. We're all, you know, when somebody comes in and tries to do something different or it's, it's frustrating and you just got to step back and think about now, how, think of your calmest person. Tim Van Lee is a great guy and he's got some stories because he's just calm, right? He's just easy going. Uh, but he's got some stories where he wasn't so calm. And I just think about how would Tim handle this? How would David handle it? How would Larry handle this? Um, and, uh, but at the STMA conference, there was a guy that, um, that he said he got really frustrated with one of his grounds crew members and screamed at him and said, get off my field and you, you're done for the weekend. And I won't, and, and he'd worked with them for a very long time. And he said, you'll come back and I'll evaluate your job on Tuesday, whatever it was. Uh, and, I, and I might have it wrong just a little bit. And the guy passed away of a heart attack over that weekend. The last thing he said to him was get off my field. And it was a guy that was, uh, is a good friend of his. So just treat people with respect and, you know, listen to what they have to say. Um, I think kindness just goes forever. It, it truly does. You know, Larry DeVito was kind to me. You're kind to me. It just, it just earns that respect and it earns that, that reputation. And that's kind of what you, you don't want to be the asshole. It, it's not fun to be that asshole all the time. Right. So um, I think that the, and do, do what you love, right. Um, because you're going to do it better. Even with my job at State Farm, there are parts of it that I love and I'm very, very, very good at those other parts that I can't stand and I'm not good at it. I could be better at it, but I don't care. I don't want to be better at it. I just, I got to do it. So I get it done, but you know, so just uh, make sure you're doing something that you love. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, that I've been thinking a lot about that question because you gave it to me ahead of time. And those would be the biggest words I think out of everything. So um, they are incredible. I mean, that's, I mean, all I live life. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing that I, I have always, again, we have over 200 students. I'm not here to make you a turf manager if you don't want to be. I'm here here to get you to where you want to go so you can be happy and really enjoy your life. Like you said, live your life, you know, be who you are, you know, but be the best version of you, you know, understand that, understand that respect is going to take you far in this life, you know, Sure will. Even even with again, we go back to that story we were talking about where it's just a phone call and you met with him and you were kind to this person saying, Hey, it's an opportunity. These guys have this up here. We need to fix it. You obviously have that uh logo. We can just switch the name out. And again, you went above and beyond for him. You were kind at the tournament. That led to more coming back to you, you know. Um, I think it's 
some of the best words of advice that you can possibly get. So I really do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time. Uh, this has been incredible. We really appreciate it. Well, I, I you know, I honored, honored that you even asked me. It's pretty cool to think again. I still think of myself as a youth baseball guy and to have somebody like you or, you know, that wants to come and it's, it's pretty neat to, again, to think that, I want, I want everyone, I want everyone's story to be heard. You know, I want my kids yeah. to learn from what you've experienced and you have such a unique story and it's phenomenal what you've done. Um, and to be able to hear about it and understand it even more is even better for me just personally. Like I, I've always admired your work and being right. able to hear what's your stories and what you're developing uh, could be again, one of the biggest companies that we'll see, you know, and we hope it is. And hopefully we can talk yeah. again about it later on when it is you know that'd be great i'd love it yep absolutely Uh